you might hear something, you might see something. How many have ever been praying for someone and they've seen something which told you something about how you should pray? How many have felt? Seeing it inside, uh, internally seeing it, not physically, but spiritually. Thank you. Okay. So I was praying when we, when we teamed up. I was praying for Phil, and I had a picture of a door opening. And so that told me what to pray for, for him. He's a door opener. He's a leader. I don't know him well, but he's a leader who's called to open doors for people. Now, does that ring true for you, or was that kind of crazy? Somewhat true. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you feel that you are called to open doors for other people? Have you seen any of that in your life yet? You have. Okay. You'll see a lot more. God will use you, and you're going to get good at it. You're going to get really good at opening doors for people. Some people are afraid to walk through doors. Walking through doors is a picture of transition. You're going to a new place. And some aren't, aren't able to do that. It's easy for you, isn't it? It's easy for you to do transitions. You don't get stressed out, do you? Do you? Brother, does he get stressed out? Okay. You know, I can I can testify that um, Phil is very much of a he's very much someone who um, builds up people and and helps people um, brings them into change. Um, I mean, like, yeah, uh, that's absolutely. So I don't know. That's okay. I'd like to just give a few prophetic words and uh, and then I'd like us just to try it together. How many have given a prophetic word to someone at some point before? Raise your hands if you have. Okay. How many, would that be entirely new to to do something like that? Okay. So we like to bring it to the the everyday so that prophecy isn't something that those spiritual people do, but that all of us can do it. And so I'm going to just tell you how I do it and then uh, do some. I was standing in the back. And I was just looking around, and as I saw people, then uh, I focused on different ones. And I wish we uh, would could take time sometime just to give a prophetic word to everybody. But there were certain people that I just focus on, and I get an image or I get a, a word. So I was looking over at Costas, and I, I heard the word spiritual entrepreneur. And I can't say that I thought about that before. I don't know him real well. His dad's here. He can he can confirm this or otherwise. I can't even see him right now. Could you guys turn the light on in the back? There's a switch in the back so I can... Uh, so, uh, you are... Uh, you are willing to take risks... In fact, you like to take risks. Some people are scared to take risks, but taking risks is not hard for you. And in fact, now when I say these things, if you can say, no, that doesn't apply at all, because no one is 100% accurate in these things. And so I may miss it. They don't stone prophets in these days. So we, we judge words, and we also uh, will judge the prophet with the fruit but uh, I may be right on some and wrong on some. Does that connect? D- d- does that sound right about you? Do you like to get out on the edge? Do you like to live there? Okay. And, and uh, you'll do it in the spirit like you do it in the natural world. And some people will say you're being reckless. And it won't be true. Because you're willing to take some risks and go some places and do some things that some people aren't willing to do and you find it easy it's who you are it's natural for you and so I bless that in you and it will help other people to take risks 
And I pray that you will be able to take people who are passive naturally and encourage them to take steps of faith and to go, go places like you. Dad, would you, would you say that's true of your son? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Good. So somebody pray for him in that regard. Somebody just pray for Costas. Amen. What's the purpose of prophecy? Yeah, and comfort. So anybody feel like you could use a little more encouragement? Anybody think they're getting too much, that you got, you got too much and, it's, and, and you get guys sick of it? You're just too much encouragement? No. So we, it's one of the means by which we can encourage other people. So I was standing in the back, and I saw Byron. He's new here. Is how many times have you been to Communitas? Two times. Okay. And uh, the way we are, even the physical way we are, is God's plan. Not just uh, in inner qualities, but the very physical way. And you are big. You are tall. And God's made you that way. God's made shorter people. There's a reason. You can be who you are and fully identify with who you are because there's a divine purpose for who you are and how you are, how you look and who you are. So there's a reason. And while you are big and strong, you are about as uncontrolling as you could possibly be. I don't know you. Is that true of you that you are a un- very, very uncontrolling person? That, that for you to control people would be just... That would be antithetical to who you are. Uh, that's what I heard God saying to you. That's a wonderful thing because that makes you a real protector. You care about people and you're lo- you love people and you want them to be protected from people who would control them, manipulate them, deceive them. And so I bless you, Byron, in, in that, that, that you excel in that. That you go way beyond because the body of Christ needs people who are protectors and who are caring about people that they not be manipulated because there are many in the church who have been and they don't want anything to do with it for that reason. And so I honor that. And I saw uh, he's new tonight and his name is James and he's at Moundsview High School. And the word, sometimes I just get a word like a quality. And you have the quality of humility that you are a humble person. And that's a remarkable thing. What I've, if I picked one thing that I'd want for my kids more than anything else, humility would rank right up there at the top, along with love. Because that's where God pours out his grace. God doesn't pour out his grace where there is pride. And you know how to walk low, and that's a wonderful thing to have as a high school student, for you to be humble. So I bless you. James, that you walk, continue to walk in humility because God will honor you and he'll raise you up. You'll see things that others won't see simply because in your heart you are humble. And others may not know that, but in your heart you're living humbly. And so I, I bless that in you. <clears throat> so how about if we just try it? You try it with somebody near you. You can either just... Uh, just 
pair up for a moment. Sometimes it's easier for guys to do with guys. If you're with a gal and you, you're comfortable doing it, go ahead and do it. But uh, pair up with someone else, and I'm going to give you an instruction, and then I'm just going to uh, encourage you to give it a try. Don't get nervous. This is okay. You can just give it a try, and it's wonderful to fail. We've got little kids that are learning how to walk. We, we had, is, are you still with, is Annika with you? Okay. Uh, one of these days, she's going to start walking. She took two steps, and when she falls down, we cheer for her. Why? She tried it. We don't boo her. We, oh, no, she's not going to walk. She doesn't know how to walk. No, we cheer her on because she's taking an effort. So take an effort and give it a try. And you might see something. You might hear something. You might feel something. You might feel zero. Then just speak an encouraging word. In fact, the way I often start is when I look at you, I see, and I, I just go for it. So do you have a partner? Turn, look and find a partner. And then agree one of you is going to start. And you, it's legal to move around. Find somebody and, uh, so that you have one other person. Raise your hand if you don't have somebody. Then move around until you do. Okay. And here's what you're going to do. You can just wait for a while and then wait until God gives you something. Or you can look at them and say, when I look at you, I see, and let God start to give you something and see if he adds to it. We're not going to take a lot of time in this, but we're just going to go for it now. Go ahead. Twenty seconds. Okay. Good deal. Way to go. Raise your hand if you feel like the Lord gave you something that was encouraging to somebody. Anybody in the back feel like they, they gave something to somebody that was encouraging to them? How many got encouraged by what was given to you? 
Okay. Mary Ellen, you are a clear stream. Some people are a muddy stream. You're a clear stream. Somehow God has, ha, you have sur surrendered to the Lord in such a way that the river that flows is a clear river. And that's not so much a prophetic word, but a, uh, it, it's a combination of a prophetic word and just observing uh, your quality of life. And I bless you uh, in that. As you guys think about your future, immediate or ongoing, next week, next month, next year, next few years, how many find that that can be quite stressful to think about your future? I want to ask you to do something. It's in regard to the God who guides, the God who leads us. I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you to read a couple articles that I'm going to put on the website. One of them is, is a seven-pager, so it's not short, but it's 25 questions that young adults ask about guidance and about their future that I uh, have answers to, a uh, paragraph or so on each one. It's so important that you understand how God leads because there are a lot of misconceptions about the way God guides us, the way he leads us. And if we understand this, it takes the pressure off us and puts it where it belongs and where scripture puts it. Guidance is about the God who leads, not about your ability to follow. It's much more about his ability to lead. And he's good at it. He's been doing it for thousands of years. He can get you there. And he gets you there one step at a time. So I want to pray for you. I'm not going to talk about it tonight. I've written a lot about it. I'm probably going to write a book about it because I feel so strongly how important it is for young adults. Because I've been to several different Bible schools and colleges. And as I have, I've asked that same question to them. And every single time, the majority of people raise their hand. They're concerned about the future. They have fears. They have uncertainty. They have doubts. And it's not meant to be. We're not meant to carry that load of knowing where we're going. It doesn't matter. We don't need to know. Some people feel they're confused because they don't have it, see it clearly. The, there is a difference between not knowing and being confused. Not knowing is not an issue. It's a non-issue because I know someone who does, and I'm carried along by that person who deeply loves me, knows me perfectly, knows where he's taking me, and all I need to do is take the next step. That's the only thing I need to do. And he will show me what that next step is as I'm willing to listen to him. So I want to pray for you to take the weight off your shoulders of having to know and of having to make decisions. I've counseled with all kinds of young people in this regard and have had lots of fun in bringing people to a place where they can uh, relax with a God who leads them. I'll give one example. It's uh, Andy Quantz's brother, Dan Quantz, who used to live in our house, and he lived down uh, back in there. And he came up to me, uh, and he was really hurting, and he was saying, Paul, I'm going to have to move. And I said, uh, we'll, we'll miss you. We don't, we don't want you to move, but if you need to move, then that's your decision to make what do you need to move? He said, well, I, did, I, I haven't heard back from Bethel, and I, so I'm just going to have to move. I said, I understand. Here's what I'd recommend that you do. And you listen to what I'm saying now because this applies in many situations. It applies if you have, you're wondering about three different graduate schools and wondering which school to go to. I had a girl that came up to me at, California, at, at uh, Canada Lutheran Bible Institute, and she was almost crying. She broke down when she said it. She said, I'm supposed to do an internship. I have three churches. I have no way of knowing which one to pick. She was paralyzed. So I, I helped her walk through that. So I said to Dan, here's what you do, Dan. You just say, God, on Friday, you pick a time. On Friday, I am moving out of this house. If you have anything to say about that, you're welcome to communicate with me. 
He's got a hundred ways to get through to you. I said, uh, he'll tell you if you're not supposed to move. You put the ball in his court. You don't put the ball on yours so that you have to make this decision. And it's a hard decision. We never put ourselves in that position. We're never in that place where it's up to me. I've got to come up with this. I'm at a fork. I've got to make a decision. I don't know what to make. You simply say, God, here's what I feel like doing. I feel like going to this school. I feel like going to this church. I told this girl, do you have one that you feel stronger than the other? Well, just slightly. Okay, you tell God that on Thursday you're going to make the decision to go to that church unless he has a different opinion and leave it with him and quit worrying because that shows that you're playing God. I lift it off your shoulder. So I said, Dan, just tell him that. And so we prayed, and he did. He left the room, went in the kitchen, said to Johanna, who was in the kitchen, I guess I'm leaving, and he kind of felt badly about it, came downstairs, called Gabriel, finished talking to Gabriel. Bethel called him. And they said, that job that you wanted, it's yours. And he got so confused that he said, oh, can I, can I have a day to think about it? I'm, uh, because I'm, uh, I don't know what to say. And they said, sure. And he ran upstairs and said, Paul, I'm confused. Bethel just called. I said, so what are you confused about? <laughs> I think you just got the job. He said, oh, that's right, I did. <laughs> he went downstairs and he called him. And he said, I'll take it. And he said, I'm staying. See, God puts it in his court if you put it there. And so he, he really knows how to lead. He's so good at it. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for whose name's sake? See, his reputation is at stake, not yours. Put your hands on your shoulders. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lift the weight that, that many carry about guidance that you have to know. You don't have to know. You're too little. You don't know enough. God knows plenty. God, we're sorry when we worry. That shows we're trying to play God. We're so sorry when we do this. We want to put our trust in you tonight and every day, every night. And we lift the burden off ourselves to know what to do with this whole thing of guidance. We trust in you. We're confident in your ability to lead. And go ahead and lead us. Lead us gently. Lead us clearly. We trust in you. Now just raise your hands off your shoulders and say, I will never again worry about my future, about what God has for me. I will let God take me there. That's a better way to live. I want to say a word about my uh, children's cousin. His name is Phil. When he was 20 years old, he fell asleep on the way home in Iowa, in an Iowa cornfield. He went into the ditch. And he's been in a wheelchair ever since. He's paraplegic. We can't get him up to the main. And so he come, when he comes up here, which he has two times in the last two months, he, he comes in here and then we come downstairs to be with Phil. And I said, Phil, it's been quite a walk for you. It must really be difficult. The response I got just shocked me. I asked him to write about it, and I got a, a beginning, and he's going to write more. What he said to me showed me that he's not a victim. He said, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God for what I can do. I'm grateful to God for my parents who taught me how to have a good attitude. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my family, for my wife, for my kids. I'm grateful for what God's doing. I'm grateful that I can drive a, a car. I'll, I watched him eat, and he's balancing the corn on his hands that are kind of twisted up. He's balancing the corn. He's got a very good job. He makes good money. And he's balancing this corn, and he's thankful to God. He said it, that, the, that Dr. Mayo, he said, the reason you're doing as well as you are doing is because of your attitude. 
I'm saying this to you to say, look at me, you are not a victim. You can be a victim if you want to. Phil is not a victim. He could be a victim. He could be bitter at his life for how it turned south and it ruined his future. But for some reason, he has chosen to thank God instead. The Israelites were led out of Egypt in the most powerful display of God's sovereignty ever at any time against a nation that tried to hold them back. They had so much to believe in as they walked out of this nation ready to walk into the promised land. On their way, they developed an attitude and they never got into the land. Here's my question for you. Do you have an attitude? Have you found things that are worthy of your complaining about so that you can't see that God is so much better than any of those things, that God is so much more wonderful? Unfortunately, they never made it into their destiny because they had an attitude and God didn't like it at all. I mean, it, it didn't make them happy. It made him angry. And so I said, you're not going in. I don't want God to say to me, Paul, you're not going in. You've got an attitude. You complain too much. You grumble too much. I want him to say, Paul, I appreciate your grateful heart. And so that's what I practice. I practice gratitude. I encourage you to practice gratitude. Thank your parents for what they have done, not for what they can't do. Thank your siblings for what they're able to do, not what they can't do. Thank your boss for what he or she is able to do, not what they can't do. Think of people that have invested in your life. Think of coaches. Think of policemen. Thank them when they give you a ticket. Well, that'll, that'll, that's a different one. If you, if you develop a grateful heart, God is going to use you powerfully. Okay? That's the end of that sermon. Hey, thank you. Go low. <laughs> yeah. I need help. James, you pray for me that I'll go low, will you? Okay. I'm going to pray for the guys. I've talked to a, a few people because I was going over to Norway and I was going to be speaking to young adults. And I asked them this question. What's the greatest problem that guys have and the greatest problem that girls have? I had my idea and it was confirmed as I asked different people. The biggest problem that guys have is lust, the things of the flesh. The greatest problem that girls have is identity, performance, uh, competition with others. And so I'm going to pray for that, for the guys and for the gals. I, even if you disagree, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to, it's an issue. It's an issue with girls. I see it all the time in my own family. I see it in other families. I see it with guys, of course. So I want to pray for you guys and tell you that this is a battle that you can win. It's a winnable war. Don't give up. Don't give in because you'll dig a hole and you'll go deeper. You don't want to give up the fight. You want to fight the fight of faith, and you want to believe that God's able to take you. I, I used to concentrate on sin so that I'd get victory over sin. That was a wrong way to do it. I found out later on that instead of looking at the sin, I look at the one who delivers me from the sin. I look at Jesus. I concentrate on him. I focus on him. Because I become what I behold. And if I'm looking at Jesus, I become like Jesus. If I'm looking at the sin so that I can overcome the sin, it dig, it, I, I dig a hole deeper. And I want to say to you that you are dead to sin. You truly are because the Bible says you are. You don't focus on your experience. You focus on the word of God. And so, Father, I pray that tonight for those who who are really struggling in this area that you will do something fresh and new and alive in their hearts i pray that you'd give them hope that they can win this battle it's an ongoing battle we've got to guard ourselves against day and night i pray that you'd give them somebody that can walk with them that can encourage them that can lift the shame that can give them victory over this.
I pray for any who have a hard time believing this, who've been at it so long that they don't feel like there's any solution. I pray that you'd come close to them. I pray that you'd speak into their heart and say, no, there's victory for you. There's victory for you. There's hope for you. If there are any girls caught in that web, we, we of course, include you. Lust is a human battle, not just a male battle. That's more common with the guys. I'd be glad to talk to anybody, offer my prayer and my counsel. I'm not shocked. I understand the battle. Now I pray for gals. I thank you for the way that you've made them. You've made them beautiful. Everybody here, every woman here is beautiful. No one's beautiful to everyone. Everyone is beautiful to someone. And you are beautiful. God has made you that way. You don't have to compete with anybody else. You don't have to be jealous of anybody else. You don't have to feel you don't have it. You don't have to feel that you have to do something more. We, we, we lift jealousy, any need to be jealous or envious or to feel any competition with regard to who you are or what you carry or your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus Christ. You are who you are. And God will help you to, to bring out the inner beauty as well as the external beauty. And we know which one is more important. We free you from the need to be anybody else than who you are. From any need to compete with anybody else. Any need to feel inferior to anyone else. You are who you are because God is going to use you the way you are to bring glory to his name. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked Bob if he wanted to to, to uh, share any prophetic words. Bob, do you want to do you want to do that before we close? Here? I I did get some this evening. Could you remind me of your name, sir? What was it? Anthony. Anthony. Okay, so he was drumming, and I got the word "father" for you, and I felt like the Lord was saying that you're a very safe person, and. As you grow, just as you continue to mature, that's going to come out more and more. But I believe it's there already that you will, you comfort people, you love them, you're tender, and I just like have a picture of like little kids coming to you because in their heart they know that you're safe and that you care. You're not going to hurt them. You're not going to use them, and that you can actually connect with their heart. A lot of people cannot connect with other people's hearts. So I see you as a true father, and I also. Had an image. I, I don't know what your thoughts are as far as future work or anything like that, but I saw you like working in a business setting. So, do you mind if I just pray into some of those things that I saw? Does that witness to you? Or is that okay? You receive that? Okay. So, Father, we thank you for for Anthony. God, he is a humble man. He's a loving man. He has his priorities in place. He values family. He values relationship, and he's a comforter. Thank you for all the people he's already comforted. Thank you that he's a nurturer. Father, I pray for people to continue to sow into his life, to raise him up as a patriarch who will, who will love and, and heal and touch many, many young people. Lord, and just bless what he puts his hands to and whatever the business thing um, can be, Father. I pray that you give him vision for that. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the newer dude, tall dude, what was your name? Byron, Byron yes. Um, I had a vision when Paul was talking about you, and the highlight was on your eyes, okay? H have you ever ex like operated in spiritual gifts before or anything like that? Are you, what do you think of, what's that? Could, 
Oh, he thinks he can interpret dreams. Okay, well, that sounds good. So here's, here's what I believe God is showing me. Okay, um, Some people, you can call them seers because God gives them a special insight and vision into the supernatural. Okay, and it's it's done by the Holy Spirit. It's not none of this is in our flesh. It's all okay. I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm exercising a gift God has given me in proportion to my faith. Right? Okay. So we can have gifts on us that we don't know how to operate in. Okay, and it's a, it might you might find it natural. Okay, I can interpret dreams. Wow, where does that come from? Right? That's okay. Wow, God's done something. He's downloaded something, and He's given me a supernatural understanding. Okay, well, I believe the Lord's going to increase you in a prophetic gift. Okay, and I believe that you will see things, as Paul talked about, that he sees visions. But it's not just about seeing vision. It's a discernment where you're going to discern people. God's going to give you a discernment of spirit gifts, and I think you already have it to some degree, where you can look at somebody and you kind of see that's what they're made of. You know, this is the spirit that they're aligned with. They're aligned with heaven. They might be aligned with something else. There might be impurity in their motives. That's what I see. I see a, a, a person whose vision is very important, very discerning in the spirit. Can I pray that into your life? Lord, I thank you for Byron, and uh, thank you that he is a man of God. Thank you that he's a gentle, tender-hearted man, a caring man. And I pray, Father, that, that you would connect with his heart in even deeper ways, in deeper ways. Thank you, Lord that he genuinely cares about people. He doesn't try to prove himself or anything like that, but he's a giver. And Lord, I just pray for the gifts that you've given him. Thank you that, that he can bless people, bring in understanding through interpretation of dreams. I pray for that to increase. Father, I bless his eyes in the spirit. Lord, that he could see in the spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, just bless him with the discernment of a spirit gift. I pray for a prophetic mantle. I pray for uh, words of knowledge to be released. And I pray for this to be a very fun, joyful thing. Okay? And with the prophetic, um, identity is really an issue in our culture because we have a very broken culture, and it's something I've had to work through. It's like, okay, all this broken identity that I've been dealing with in my own life and then you get this prophetic gift and it's so easy to like look towards your your gift and to think oh i'm valuable because i'm getting visions and dreams and people are excited okay well number one that's that's not unconditional love that's conditional love they're affirming me because of something i'm doing which is what i don't need in the first place i mean the affirmation's nice but we need unconditional love so as some of us grow in, into prophetic gifts let us really seek to grow deeper into being rooted and grounded in Father's love, okay? And if, if anybody can be doing prophetic gifts and they're not thinking about themselves, they're walking in liberty, in great liberty. And it's just a matter of, of edifying the body of Christ through these prophetic gifts, okay? Um, the Lord showed me that there are people here, and I'm not going to point you out, because I want to be safe in my prophetic stewardship. But there are people here whose voices have been quenched. In fact, not just their voices, but their ability to express themselves. You've been shut down. And that grieves God. That grieves God because he made us to express ourselves, to be free. God takes so much joy in seeing us becoming who we're truly made to be where I'm not in bondage to fear. I'm not afraid of what they're going to say or they're going to reject me. Okay, And I, I believe there's a special grace for God to start to work in certain people's lives to break some of those strongholds. right? And some, sometimes that comes with forgiveness. Maybe my dad wasn't there. right? Maybe my dad was abusive. Maybe, maybe I feel so insecure for that very reason. Maybe it was some other people in my life that really dominated me. They just really pounded to the point where I was just afraid to even be myself. I'm, I'm a turtle in my shell. Okay, there are some people here. Now, don't you don't I don't want any, anyone to expose themselves on this. But I hope you feel safe, right? God is safe, and God is for us a hundred percent. He's never against us. He never wants to shame us. 
Never wants to expose us. So we're just going to ask for grace with that now, okay? So, Father, those of us who have felt so bound emotionally, uh, so afraid to express who we truly are, we ask for mercy. And, Lord, if our dad was abusive, if our dad wasn't there, our mother controlling and didn't allow us to be ourselves. God, we choose to forgive them. We choose to release them. People who've been abusive and controlling in our lives, Father, we choose to release them. And we give our emotions, we give our personality, we give our identity over to you. And we pray that you just, even over the next days, that we would feel more safe to be ourselves, more safe to speak our mind, to share our heart with others. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. One more, and that's you, Nate. I still found you. The word I got for you was hunter, okay? And I'm not talking in the natural. I have no clue about any of that. But what I did see, okay, I got the word hunter, and then I, I saw you, like, going after, like, stalking and, and going after wild game. You catch wild game. You dress wild game. The Bible talks about the, the violent, you know, going after the kingdom of heaven. They take it by force, and I believe that's you. I believe in the spirit realm you are a very aggressive person, and you get vision, you have faith to see God has these things that are accessible for me that are accessible for the body of Christ, and you go after it. You go after it like nothing's going to hold you back, okay? That's what I see, and I see the fruit of it. You know, I see you get what you're going after, and that's pretty encouraging. So I'll, I'll stop with that. Thanks for that, by the way. That was cool. Uh, I just want to share one quick thing. For those to whom this is new or weird or totally freakish, to be giving words in public like this to other people, it's okay. You can relax, all right? And I, and I just wanted you to know that this is a safe place. Nobody's ever going to call you out on something bad, okay? Like sometimes when people are first getting around the prophetic, and they, they see something like this happen, they're like, oh, no. I got to get out of here now, or somebody's going to know X, Y, or Z, and they're going to tell everybody, and that is not going to be good, okay? So I, most of us have had that thought at some point um, in our experience with yeah. the prophetic. Yeah. Paul has. I have. Yeah. You're around somebody, and they're like, they can see my soul, and they know that it is dark. I sat at a table with a lot of prophets, and I thought, I don't want to be here because I'm, I, I know they're looking right through me. So first of all, that's not true. <laughs> nobody looks right through you. Nobody knows everything about you. Nothing like that at all is true. Second of all, nobody's ever going to, and by nobody, I mean leadership, but also nobody, meaning none of you ever do this, please. <laughs> don't call somebody out on something bad, okay? If you feel like you get a word for someone that is like you're praying with someone privately, and you're like, I feel like I have a word that this person is struggling with, X, Y, or Z. It, it might be good to say, I feel like there's something you're struggling with in the terms of sin or in terms of something that was done to you or whatever it is. Does that, does that seem right? Does that ring a bell? And then just pray for them about that more generically. Most of the time, when God speaks to us about something, anything, it's for the purpose of prayer, for the purpose of intercession. Not everything God speaks to you means you need to shout it from the rafters or run and talk to that person right away about it, okay? I just want to throw that out there since we're doing a lot of prophetic stuff, which is awesome. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, the Lord started speaking to me like this all the time, and I was actually like, okay, God, speak to me for my friends. And he started doing that, which was really cool. And he gave me a word about a girl, um, a friend of mine, that she had been abused and that that had created a lot of problems in her life and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I don't want to go up to her and say, hey, were you abused as a child? Just wandering, just, you know. Um, and so I wisely called my mom, and I said, so mom, what do I do? <laughs> I got this word. What am I supposed to do? And she's like, most of the time when God gives you a word, it's for the purpose of intercession, for the purpose of praying for that person, bringing them before the Lord. And then sometimes, if you're saying, Lord, give me a word to share, give me a prophecy, then that's to share. And other times, he'll give you a word to pray, and then 
you can say, Lord, do you want me to share that? Is this something I share with this person or not, or what? Um, and so he, she's like, I, I don't tell. <laughs> don't, this is one that you don't share, okay? You don't just walk up to someone and say, so I hear you were raped as a kid. Uh, should we pray about that or what? Um, and so I just prayed for her on my own. I didn't tell her anything. I didn't show her anything because why? Not because it would have been embarrassing because it may have destroyed her soul. I mean, think about it. For someone to come up to you and say, I know the deepest, darkest secret of your life, and God told me it. What do you think that tells her about God? God's not that safe. He told this dude, who I was her friend and everything. I wasn't a stranger. But God told this random dude the deepest, darkest thing in my life. That doesn't sound like a cool God. I don't think I want to hang out with that God. That God sounds just like my dad. That's my problem. I'm gone. Right? So wisely, my mom was like, do not tell this person (laughs) what you think God told you. Uh, So what I did is I just prayed and prayed. And then eventually I felt like God wanted me to write it down. And so I wrote it down and didn't give it to her. And then a few weeks later, I was praying with her. And she started to share, like in a small group like we were doing here um, after a Christian meeting. And she started to share saying, you know, um, there were some things that happened when I was younger. And it's really messed me up. And I feel like I can't get any closer to God because when I hear the word father, it makes me want to run away. You know, and so we prayed for her, and then I, then I brought that to the Lord and said, okay, Lord, I feel like this might be the time to share this with her. What do you think I should do? And so um, I, I said, hey, I have this thing for you. I'm going to put it in a letter. We never have to speak about it again. If, if, it, if it's helpful for you, great. If not, please be my friend still. Um, and I gave it to her, and it took about a week for her to come back, but she came back and she's like, you know, that was right on. I really need prayer. Um, and I hooked her up with one of the pastors in town and we all prayed together and, you know, she's a missionary now and she loves the Lord. And that was a breakthrough that she really needed. But had I been naive and rushed to yell that word, it would have been bad. So we're not going to do that here. Nobody's going to call you out on your crap. Okay. Except the Holy Spirit, because that's the Holy Spirit's job, not mine or ours or anybody's. Okay. So be safe. This is a safe place. Somebody might encourage you. You might get ambushed with a blessing, but that's not that bad of a thing, right? But nobody's going to ambush you with, with writing the, word, na- the names of your sins in the dirt or anything like that, okay? So relax. And please don't do that with other people. If you're in small groups and we're praying for each other, as we often do, if you're like, so I feel like you, get, you got a, like a pornography thing going on, and that's not good for you. That, that's not who you're called to be, so let's not do that anymore, man. Like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> Unless you really know the person well. There's a point at which if you have a relationship with someone, it's okay to do that, but not in a public setting because this is a safe place, right? Everybody with me? Okay, you feel a little better, maybe? Nobody's going to call you out on your stuff, especially not you. I could list. No, I've, I've been in places where people up front have been like, I could list your sins if I wanted to. First of all, no, you couldn't. That's BS right there. Second of all, anyway, it was terrible. And it led me feeling like God was not a good person that I wanted to hang around with. And that's not good fruit. That's bad fruit. So we're not going to do that. I just want to make sure. I felt like there were a couple of people here who were freaked out. I felt like there were a couple of people here who were like, I don't like, I, I, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. So if that was you, hopefully you feel a little better. All right. Good job, Nate. Thank you. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Unless anyone has anything, I want to pray for Jewel. Jewel is uh, in Japan, not now. She's here now, but she's uh, teaching in Japan. What an opportunity. Karen, if you're home, uh, Jewel would like to talk with you, if you can hear what I'm saying here. So let's pray for Jewel and this opportunity that she has. So if you're near Jewel, just put your hand on her. God, I thank you for where you take us and what you do with us when you take us to special places. What a wonderful opportunity you are giving to Jewel. Lord, Japan is not an easy place in which to share the gospel. I pray that you would give her connections with people. Let her love win people to her heart first. And then, Lord, according to your good pleasure, if you can uh, then go to the second level and 
uh, allow her to share who she is in Jesus Christ with others. We bless her. We thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe in miracles. We believe that miracles should be uh, common among us. I'm going to pray as we close now and then invite you to have a little time of prayer with somebody next to you. You can just spin around. Could be some area that we've talked about tonight or something different. But just have a little time. We like to turn this into a, a prayer time. I'd like to pray with anybody who has trouble sleeping at night. So uh, I'd like to pray. How many of you have trouble sleeping at night and would like help with that? If a hand goes up, put your hand on them. If Keep your hand up until somebody is touching you. Wouldn't that be wonderful if God were to touch you and enable you to sleep at night? The Bible says that He gives to his beloved sleep. And so we want God to give you that gift. And we don't know why it is that you can't sleep. Father, we pray that if there are things that you want to reveal to our brothers and sisters, uh, reasons why they might not be able to sleep, if they don't know, I pray that you would help them to understand the struggle that they're having. We pray that you would help them to offload anything that doesn't belong to them. Anything that they're carrying, either now or as they get ready for sleep. Pray that you would enable them to cast their burdens on you, to throw them up to you. We who sleep easily probably don't understand how, how hard it could be not to be able to go to sleep at night and to rest a full night. And so we feel for them. We don't condemn them. We don't say they're strange or weird. We feel for them. And we pray that you would change this situation in their life over the next days and weeks and bring them to a place where they can lay hold on that inheritance that belongs to them, the ability to sleep at night. We trust you, God, to do this and look forward to hearing of the miracles that you perform. And now for all of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.